Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. As you can probably hear from my tone, I have finally had some sleep in my own bed, which is amazing. However, sadly, they um, somehow cut off my water supply while I, while I was gone, so that's a bit bad. But, however, we'll turn to the daily news, and uh, we actually have quite a lot to talk about today, both on the military front and, and otherwise. This morning started with uh, President Flo- Volodymyr Zelensky admitting that he's ready to discuss the situation with Putin, but he specifically stated that he will not accept Russian position and he will not capitulate to Russia in this. And although on Thursday there was a meeting in Ankara between the foreign ministers of Ukraine and Russia, yeah, that didn't change anything and Ukraine wasn't really optimistic at the beginning anyways. And they commented that, yes, it's a good thing that both of these ministers talked, but obviously... Ukraine understands that it's not Lavrov who takes up these decisions. And talking about Lavrov, Lavrov's been busy spreading out the weirdest things. I mean, yesterday he managed to even state that um, Russia has never attacked Ukraine and everything. And it seems weird and super strange propaganda here, but there's a small kernel of truth to this. Because Viktor Shenderovich, one of the Russian journalists that I listened to, because these these sources are, are important. He stated that, when asked by Deutsche Welle, that um, Russian people would definitely hate a war with Ukraine. But currently, a lot of them believe that this is not a war with Ukraine. They are buying into Kremlin's propaganda about the fact that, um, that this is just a denazification operation. They haven't felt the sanctions that much, and, you know, Russia seriously hides hides the casualty rates. However, the Ministry of Defense, again, defense in ear quotes, of Russia, which is basically Vorev Zakonye, um, they posted today that Russia is actually using their conscripts in this military affair, which is important because Putin himself, two days ago, stated that there would be no conscripts whatsoever. So, again, there's a nice little argument towards this whole situation about What's happening there? And this usage of conscripts is is interesting because 
you know, they, I, I reported at the beginning of, of this war that um, Russia is basically forcing conscripts to become enlisted soldiers, you know, by the end of their contracts and with threats of violence and everything. But in total, the combat intelligence group reports that Russia had concentrated about 180,000 people on the borders and that they predict that if they actually would want to capture all the cities, then they would need about a million. So it's not going so well and the morale is low because the professional soldiers at the beginning, yeah, sure, they were strong and, and kind of, you know, motivated, but now the, the Russian society is kind of starting to disbelieve the myths about their military might. It went so far as various various people, even on grand propaganda, Solyov show really just continued to appear and, and just still state that maybe this was a mistake and everything. I mean, we're talking about people who have their own personal yachts and whatever. And there was this nice little argument here that, um, that I heard that stated that uh, probably Putin wouldn't want to nuke his own, you know, the places where his kids are and where his money is and where all the yachts and, and rich stuff of the oligarchs are. You know, where all of the all of the kids and whatever of their second families go. And talking about second families, now I probably should have mentioned that earlier because there are many interesting people living abroad from Russia. One of them, by the way, is one Polina Kovalyova. Polina Kovalyova is a 26-year-old glamorous Russian girl, and she posts in Instagram, because they always post on Instagram, in a huge apartment in Kensington. And she's the stepdaughter of that Mr. Lavrov. He's one of Putin's closest allies. He's talking head and, well, now also a war criminal. And that's an interesting fact, because the Putin's cronies often have two families at the same time. Putin himself, while being married to Ludmila, Ludmila Putina, which is way back in episode 21, she actually, you know, after their divorce, he stated that uh, Putin might actually be dead and he might have body doubles. That's, after that episode, my actual problems with the Russian trolls started. Anyway, a lot of them, even Putin himself, had a, had a second family with former gym, gymnast Alina Kabayeva. Kabayeva. She's still hiding in Switzerland, by the way, and one of the Russian opposition channels, which is led by, weirdly enough, uh, and a priest, a Catholic priest that lives in Italy, because he was a Catholic and then he wanted to do a seminary work or something. Uh, he runs a channel. His name's Klirik. He actually burned his Russian passport and wants nothing to do with Russia anymore. I hope Italy gives him residency because he's, uh, yeah, he's just there on a visa and I hope that something happened to him. But he started the petition to throw Kabayev out of Switzerland on the internet. And this is a thing. Lavrov has had these, the official life for the past 50 years. Because, again, two families for everyone. They're extremely decadent people. And uh, no one so far has heard of her or seen her uh, or seen them together in public in, like, forever. As opposed to his second wife, his mistress Svetlana Polyakova. She's basically the actual new wife, and they've been together since the early 2000s. And unlike Lavrov's official vice, wife, this, this lady, Polyakova, is totally mega-rich. She bought an apartment in Moscow worth about $6 million. And this is crazy. She's also unemployed. Svetlana also accompanies Lavrov on every official foreign affairs trip. Sometimes she even takes her 78-year-old mom and her niece. The whole family are listed as the members of the diplomatic mission. Diplomatic mission, by the way, which in the past 
has um, used their diplomatic ties to sell stolen bicycles, which happened in Berlin. And in Argentina, they use diplomatic mail to smuggle in cocaine with Yedina and Russia, the United Russia Party logos on it. Just remember, Russian embassies have caused a lot of issues and been criminal, criminal stuff, basically. And Polyakova, Lavrov's mistress, has used the, the, um, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs plane more than 60 times. And um, basically, this Polina is her daughter from a previous marriage. And this is just crazy, because Polina's mom and Lavrov have been together for around two decades now. Polina's biological dad, by the way, isn't super rich. And, uh, you know, she doesn't have an oligarch husband herself, Mr. Polina. But at the age of 21, she bought an apartment in London on Kensington High Street for 4.4 million pounds. Oh, and she paid cash. No mortgage. 4.4 million pounds. And if you and, and her unemployed mom and everything, no official ties anywhere. And, yeah, let me remind you that Mr. Lavrov, who's second family is doing all this stuff, accused the United Kingdom of using the chemical weapons twice. First time he claimed the United Kingdom staged the Salisbury poisoning. And um, more recently, he has publicly accused Navalny's supporters of poisoning Navalny himself with Novichok at the request of the, of the British Secret Services. He's also given numerous speeches about the evil Anglo-Saxon world and the awful liberal Western countries who want to destroy Russia and Ukraine. So, let me ask you this. Why does his stepdaughter live in the center of London, then? This is the point of hypocrisy. I mean, they all like to talk about the whole situation, how they hate the West, but here's a nice example how they are basically absolute hypocrites. Oh, and talking about that Instagram, that is big in Russia. Extremely big. And now it's gone. Also, on YouTube, I have to say that um, my best enemy... Igor Girkin has been banned from YouTube because YouTube has now just deleted all the possible possible uh, kind of sources of, of Russian propaganda. That puts me in a bit of a bit of a problem. And hey, uh, Latvian Special Services, I know that you're listening to this. I might have to look at Yandex, uh, Yandex uh, Fir now, uh, basically Russian YouTube analog or something. The problem is it's technically illegal to, to be watching Solovyov shows because the, the, that thing is well, illegal in Latvia, for to basically cut off our, our people from brutal brainwashing and propaganda, but I need to watch them for work. So, hey, um, State Security Bureau, this is the evidence that I'm basically telling you, please don't arrest me, because I, I will have to dig through that, that mess and translate this. Just saying, okay? Thank you. We, we got this. Meanwhile, meanwhile in, in Russia, with everything, besides the fact that they're also uh, gathering more Syrian troops, because, like I said, they're, um, they, they used up their forces in Russia, all those 180,000 people, and now they have to gather things. Interestingly enough, it um, seems that they are taking away their so-called peacekeepers from Karabakh. If you remember, that conflict was between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and they had a fight, and it ended up with Azerbaijan winning and taking large chunks of Karabakh, because Russia stepped in and threatened that you know, they'll deal with the situation, and then they had a bit of issue with Turkey. And then they're also pulling away some, some tiny bits from Syria and, and other places where, where they've, they've, they've been stationed. So currently they're trying to use mercs and they're basically trying to trying to get their existing reserves there. However, this conflict intelligence team is very worried that actually Azerbaijan 
as having seen that um, that that Russia probably won't be stepping in anywhere, that it's under sanctions and everything, could right now actually just go in Karabakh, Nagorno-Karabakh, and finish the job, so to speak. That would be issues with Armenia. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. But that would be a lesser crisis than uh, what's Putin, what Putin is doing. And with support from Turkey? Hmm, yeah, that... That also causes the thing because um, Igor Girkin, when I when I also made the show a while back, it was called Igor Girkin's Hot Takes. He also stated that if Russia is gonna you know delay or or start lagging, that other countries might you know start take a punch of it. So they they are seriously worried that uh, Azerbaijan might annex uh, annex all of Karabakh, and that also Japan, whose prime minister has once again after many years never publicly mentioning. Japan's prime minister has stated that southern Kurils are basically Japanese core territory. You know, just a just a little nudge here, just a diplomatic nudge and change of tone, but that means a lot for Japan. So Japan's eyeing the situation. They actually might even go to Kurils, and like I always say on this show, people in Kurils, they'll be happy to join Japan. Um, I'm waiting until people in Karelia start uh, petitions joining Finland. Because Russia has taken away chunks from everyone. Hell, Estonians might try to grab the other side of, of Narva. And even us Latvians have a bit of claim on them, which we had to sign off to join NATO. But we do, we do, because um, there is a whole district, which was ours according to the 1922 peace treaty with the uh, Soviet Union. And then, it, then the Soviet Union basically grabbed it and added it to Russia because it held an important strategic railway uh, central. And I bet Lithuanians have the same thing, and we're not even talking about Georgians. So this could get interesting if Azerbaijan, which is the most likely uh, country to start this whole situation, would get in. Because Putin is, yeah, he's he's waging war of attrition. And although they, they've lost about 12,000 people, according to to uh, Ukrainian forces, and I think, I think that includes all casualties because we really can't confirm anything, but... Um, Seems so that currently, because of all the logistical situation and everything, the Ukrainian army is on about equal positions with Russia. Slightly below Russian potential, because Russia still has immense manpower and, and, and technology, uh, immense manpower and logistical advantage, although their tanks are stalling and with everything. Don't don't be too optimistic. Everything that Ukraine is doing and heroically defending has just moved them for, from the complete underdog positions to the positions where they're almost equal. And what you don't see are the Ukrainian casualties, which are, well, well, are basically less than Russia's, but, you know, approximately half of Russia's casualties. Sort of, give or take. That's what the experts are saying. And 
that's the whole thing. Ukraine doesn't, Ukraine in general didn't have such a large army as Russia. So in a war of attrition, Russia could win unless that economy pops off and weird things might happen. So yeah, like I said, Azerbaijan could maybe do something. We can't predict this situation. But everyone's predicting currently that this war will, will probably be a long one. It's going to be in New Afghanistan because the population is utterly hostile. Meanwhile, meanwhile, also another big fear that Igor Gurkin mentioned is the fact that um, Poland could enter Ukraine to basically protect their own interests and population because of all the historical Polish population there. <laughs> and then, and then um, Ukrainians would sort of surrender and they would basically stand on the front lines together. That's a very unrealistic scenario, but Russian pro-war people really support this idea, which seems insane to me. Meanwhile, the amount of refugees from Ukraine tragically reached 2.5 million from Ukraine, and there is an estimate about two people million being two people million being displaced inside Ukraine. One thing, though, also about the bad news is that um, I would I would I would buy some flour if I was you because the wheat prices are going to increase, and that's going to be just utterly crazy. The humanitarian corridors are still being bombed, and everything's kind of um, kind of crazy. Yeah, about the bombing in Mariupol, about the hospital. Yeah, Russians bullied one of the women there, Mariana, on Instagram, because she was an Instagram uh, blogger previously, and they said, oh, it's just a lifelike makeup and nothing, because obviously Instagram models who have been in Mariupol, they were in Mariupol, they were in the hospital, yeah, they can't get pregnant. And she actually, she actually, you know, gave birth now. This is just weird, which is, which is just crazy. Also, another, another important thing is that Kazakhstan, which is um, considered a trustful ally, has decided not to help Russia, has decided to send some help to Ukraine, which is also interesting. And then we heard some interesting stuff. One of them was that um, Ukraine reported that Vladimir Putin, like U Ukrainian intelligence reports that Vladimir Putin had ordered to create a terror act of terrorism in Chernobyl and you know, they'll make it look like a provocation. I... I actually don't know about the legitimacy of that because that would just be insane i mean even for putin but then again what, what do i know but probably this is they, they are leaking this and reporting this because as previously we've seen from the beginning of this war if it, if it gets leaked then it turns out that um that the russians don't do it however however one thing they did and which was confirmed is that from russian territory in from russian ally Belarus, basically planes flew in Ukraine, then they turned around, and then they bombed a city that caused fires there inside Belarus. And my sources basically stated that, um, that yeah, this is just before Putin's talks with Lukashenko about how Ukraine is going to attack Belarus to basically drag Belarus inside the war. And that was supposed to happen an hour ago when they would officially go there, but I think Lukashenko is in a lot of trouble there since since he uh, basically has a lot of issues, because we've heard reports about his soldiers refusing to go to Ukraine and his higher-ups basically resigning. And if you remember the protests in Belarus, yeah, probably not easy or nice there. So that's that just, just weird. Uh, Russians have also slightly advanced, just a bit advanced, to um, towards Kyiv. 
and they're gathering their their forces and, and stuff. But uh, in other fronts, they tried to fully surround Ma- Mariupol and and move forward in Lugansk and Donetsk, and they could achieve some tactical successes in the eastern flank. But the northern flank and uh, northern flank and, and everything else looks pretty strong because in Luhansk and Donetsk, Ukrainian forces are, are really powerful. The Ukrainians are weakest in their southern flank, which pr- which provides um, some issues. But but like I said, I, I think that Ukrainians are actually holding holding back for a counterattack, which is an interesting thought. But hey, I'm just a journalist and a historian. I'm not a not a military strate- strategist. Meanwhile. Russians also basically kidnapped the Ukrainian mayor from Melitopol. He was, his name was Ivan Fyodorov, and they literally grabbed him on the street. And, uh, yeah, and they just stuffed a plastic bag on his head and drove him away. This Melitopol city was controlled by Russia since the March 1st, but they still had massive, massive protest actions. Meanwhile, meanwhile, it was just, uh, just really weird. Uh, Volnovakh was taken also by Russians, but in, in other cities, in other cities, well, yeah, the difficulties still continue and uh, doesn't really look look that nice. At the same time, besides the fact that uh, Russia was looking for nukes in Ukraine, now they're looking for, for biological weapons and such glorious statements from Russian Ministry of Defense. Quote, the United States is training migratory birds to migrate from Ukraine to Russia and distribute bacteriological weapons. Not kidding. That stalled, by the way, that stalled 64 kilometer long Russian convoy near Kiev was largely dispersed or destroyed and whatever, which is crazy. So that's good. So they won't get biological weapons. Interestingly enough, also is um, another thing about the bioweapons study, if this is kind of spread out, but I have a bunch of notes here. <clears throat> One goal of United States biolabs in Ukraine was to create bioagents that can target certain ethnic groups. This comes after it was revealed that USA was gathering Slavic DNA through Ukraine. This is insane on so many levels that I don't even know how to refute this utter idiocy. First of all, uh, yes, there were some biolabs in Ukraine. You know what they were doing? Uh, research about epidemiological data, just like every biolab ever. Yes, they were used to create biological weapons in, in Soviet era. You know why they, they shifted and why they still exist? Because they were given American money. Specifically, so they wouldn't produce biological weapons. Oh, and they're also very open, and you can see them on, on the internet, because they've been operating since forever. And they've been monitored by international observers, by everyone, constantly, on this very reason. So, yeah. Also, interestingly enough, target certain ethnic groups. But Putin states that Ukrainians and Russians are one people, and they're both certainly Slavic. So, where would Ukraine drop a bomb that with, with, with things that would kill them? Very, very strange. I mean, if, if if Ukraine makes a biological weapon that kills Slavs, then what are they going to kill themselves? And it's just, it's just ridiculous. Meanwhile, Russia itself is um, is probably also also yelling that Ukraine might use chemical weapons, and Russia does have its own chemical weapons. They um, they have chemical weapons which have been used by Assad in Syria when on kids, no less. And these we're talking about asphyxiating gas bombs, which can be dropped on civilians. So that's not just interesting. Also, finally, for today, Putin appears to be unhappy with the FSB work in Ukraine. Apparently, he attacked the five um, service members from the FSB's foreign intelligence brand, 
and Sergei Besheda, head of the service, and his dep- deputy Boloch. Uh, they both were placed um, under house arrest, according to some inside sources. And finally, well, <laughs> Russian senator Andrei Klishas promised that everyday users of Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram, all of them blocked in, um, in, in Russia at this point, will not be considered extremists in Russia. Now, in Russia's previous history with these promises, I would be especially worried right now. Just saying. Anyway, thank you for this, and uh, I hope I hope that this is less ranty and that will continue this way. I'll be going on a tiny vacation just a few days away in a long-planned one. I posted that on Twitter. I'll be in uh, Rome for a few days. Um, you know, I'll be still carrying my work with me. In just that, um, yeah, I really want to see Rome, finally. I'm a historian. I haven't been to Rome. What kind of historian am I? So... I'll be posting less, and uh, the updates from there will be much shorter. Much shorter, but when I return, I'll I'll make a larger one and send it to Anatta so that you can get the theme song and everything going, and uh, and everyone I hope will be happy because happiness is mandatory. Dasvidanya, tovarish. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.